I'll put your name on the list and I can send you the email uh, because you have to fill out a, a waiver that says, you know, if the shoebox falls on your head, you're not going to sue them. So, um, <laughs> but that will be, again, December 3rd, which is a Saturday, from 2 to 6. It's a four-hour spot. You will be standing the whole time, so make sure you wear comfortable clothes and shoes. But, but again, there are lots of things going on, lots and lots of things. So keep those things in mind. If you're able to go with the club, come on. And uh, we'll talk about the times to meet. Um, we'll ride together. We'll do our best to ride together over there um, to the facility in Charlotte. But yes, keep those things in mind. And any other announcements, we will certainly let you know. Um, I was, as I was uh, looking, no, I was trying to find the, the right uh, scripture reference in my Bible. And I opened it up because I always try to keep it marked so I'm not having to flip through when I get up here. And in that, the particular Bible that I have today is the, as y'all see that Shane's not here, my preaching Bible is in his truck. So I have my old, run over, torn up Bible that I, <laughs> that, yeah. Um, and, and I keep it in my office as a just in case and had it out. And I was <laughs> finding the right reference. And, and I have a ton of bookmarks. And in the place for today, the bookmark has my name on it. You know, you buy those little things that have your name. And it said, and it, uh, it has my name, and it says Gentle Spirit. <laughs> yeah, Gentle Spirit. <laughs> hey, <laughs> never was a truer word <laughs> misunderstood. Um, but I thought, I thought, you know, sometimes those who don't know you, try to peg you into a, a certain area like this this is you you seem like this or you should be like this but God knows God knows who you are he knows who you are on the inside because he created you you don't have to be what other people say you are you don't have to give in to the labels that they put on you if you know who you are in Christ you can be confident because Lord help me, I know I'm not a gentle spirit sometimes, but, but the Lord made me who I am, right? And he made you as well, and he is, when he sees you, he's pleased. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for, for all that you have done for us. God, I thank you that you saw us before we were born. God, that you formed us in the womb and that you created in us who you wanted us to be. God, that you put within each of us certain personality traits, certain desires, certain talents and abilities, and God, all of those can work together to make us become who you want us to be. God, I just, I thank you so much for that intentionality that you have over us. Father, I ask that you would have your will and your way in this place today. God, that we would honor you and please you in all that we say and do. Father, I, I just ask that, that everything that is said and done today would lift you up. There is, I just pray that each person who has come in would be blessed, each person who's watching, that they would be touched by your power and your presence. God, there is no one who is here by accident, but each and every person has come to this place to receive something from you. God, you had that plan and that purpose for each of us today, and I just ask that your will be done for those who are not able to be here. Give them strength and encouragement. You see the, the reasons that they can't be, and I just pray you would lift them up in Jesus' presence precious name. God, we praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
My God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh. He is my God. Sing that again. My God is more. My God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All the earth is His. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof, everything that I need. You can be sure of Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Sing that again. All the earth is His. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. So why should I worry about the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs? When by my faith I know my God is more than enough, He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai, He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. So why should I worry about the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, when by my faith I know my God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh, He is my God. All of the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Everything that I need, you can be sure of. 
Jehovah Jireh, He is my God, and my God is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough, He's more than enough, my God is more than enough, He is more than enough, my God. God is more than enough. Amen. Jesus, we worship you. I was lost. I was in chains. The world had a hold of me. My heart was a stone. I was covered in shame when he came to me. I couldn't run, couldn't run from his presence. I couldn't run, couldn't run from his arms. Jesus, he loves me. He loves me. He is for Jesus, how can it be that He loves me? He is for me. It was a fire deep in my soul, and I'll never be the same. I stepped out of the dark and into the light when he called my name i couldn't run couldn't run from his presence i couldn't run couldn't run from his arms jesus he loves me he loves me he is for me Before we move on, 
before we move on today, Brother uh, Vic's uh, little Vic just came in and took Brother Vic out. And I know that Sister Dean was going to stand in prayer for Miss Vicky. So before we even continue, can we just, can Sister Dean, we come down here and we're going to pray that the Lord, whatever it was that took him out of here, that, that she be all right and that he be all right. Trust in 
hold my every moment. You calm the raging sea. You walk with me through fire and heal all my disease. I trust in you, Lord, I will trust in you. I believe you're my Nothing is impossible, no, nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hands. We declare it today. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. No, nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in hand. So I believe you're my healer. I believe you are. with all your heart. Give him praise today. He is worthy. He is healer. He is able. Thank you, Lord.
Oh, God is good. He is our healer. He is more than enough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll tell you, Jesus is coming soon, and I want to be ready. Praise God. Praise God. Be ready. Get ready and stay ready. For Jesus may come in any moment. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good that the presence of God is in this place. And I hope that you feel at home what we're feeling here. Some of that same good presence of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're here at this portion to thank God for His blessing. To give Him some glory. Praise the Lord. It was Revelation 12. Verse 11, I believe it is, says that they are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and what? The word of their testimony. Glory! Hallelujah! Praise God! And David talks about in 22 and 3 that he inhabits the praise of Israel. Hallelujah! Well, we may not say it verbally, but we are Israel. Hallelujah! We are the Jews. And there are some that say they're Jews, but are not, according to the Scripture. But praise, in fact, it happened in Esther when she was queen and Mordecai was going to be hanged by Haman. Hallelujah. But when the final uh, thing come down, they were killing the Jews. Hallelujah. Or wanting to kill the Jews. But God gave them favor, and so they killed others. And those that were being slaughtered, Oh, they became Jews so that they wouldn't. The Bible said that. Hallelujah. But those are that are Jews are Jews not in the inward, but on the outward. Not on the outward, but on the inward. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't look like a Jew, do I? But inside I belong to Jesus Christ. That's where salvation comes, to the Jews. Hallelujah. He came to his own, though, and his own received him not. Some of them pushed him aside. But to as many as received him. Hallelujah. I'm one of that many. Praise the Lord. Amen. You're one of that many that received him. To them gave he power to become sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel good in my sanctified soul. Praise God. Joy Club, those of you that are watching or those of you that are here, um, just this morning got news about, and I should have known it happens every year, for a uh, senior citizens uh, camp meeting of sorts over at West Day. And uh, we'll be checking in that let you know. But it's the 29th of this month. Uh, now, it's a couple of days. And. You may not feel like going, but you may. Praise God. In fact, if we knew that Brother uh, Don would be there, we'd all be there and just groves. Praise God. We like being around Brother uh, Brother Don. Hallelujah. I, I think he's senior citizen now, isn't he? Are you senior citizen already? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Joy to have you in church today. I hope you're as glad to be here as we are to see you. Amen and amen. I tell you, God's been good to me. 
I think about his strength and his blessing. Brother Mike, this morning, even I was coming up before service started to play the piano a little bit and, and practice some, and, and the strength that God had given me just, you remember when I needed help getting up there, help getting down. Praise God, I feel like I can run through a troop and jump over a wall. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for his strength. Thank God for his blessing. Thank God for looking after me day by day by day. Amen. The first song said he's for me. I was reading just the other day where David said the same thing. He's for me. He's for me. Then another writer said, well, if he's for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. Thank God for salvation. We want two or three people to, to brag on Jesus this morning at this moment. Would you do it? Are you, are you glad? Yes, sir. Thank you. Praise God. Oh, I love it. Uh, oh, that's so good. I tell you, that is so good. There are so many that cannot be here, and he was one of them. But now, thank God, God's working out where he can. Amen. And I just pray for my blessing in Jesus' name. Somebody else. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. That's good. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Amen. The Lord is good, isn't he? Hallelujah. Sister. Yes. Praise God. He is still working miracles. He is still working miracles. And I praise him today. Amen. He is so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, continue to keep these things in mind for prayer. Brother Shane, I tell you, I know he'd love for you to pray for him, uh, that he could get some good manager help. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's had to work every day this week, every day. Praise God. So if you feel like you can be a good manager at a McDonald's over in Statesville and uh, you want to put in the hours and miss church on Sunday, <laughs> hallelujah. God bless you. The Bible says, uh, David said, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And then he said in the third verse of that same chapter, he said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Let's exalt his name this morning. Amen. morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's good to have Brother and Sister Braswell with us this morning. They're not visitors. They're part of us. They're part of the church. They've been here coming long enough. We ought to just take them on in. It'd be all right. It's time to receive our tithing offering. If our usherette
We'll come and take up the offering. Brother Joyner, will you say the blessing, please?
midst of it all, I found hope. How many times have we said, the only thing I can do is pray? But that should be our first line of defense. We're limited to what we can do. But God, the God I serve, is not limited. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we are called to be his disciples. And I'm so glad the Gideons are coming to tell us how, in today's culture, how we can effectively witness to others. But right now, I've come to take your prayer request. Anyone on this side has a prayer request? Sister Judith? remember the class that Sister Judith Stalder teaches of autistic children. Sister Robin. Yes. Let's, re let's pray for Sister Robin, salvation for Sister Robin's husband, Steve. Sister Amanda. remember Sister Amanda's mother. Sister Judith. Let's remember Sister Judith's little sister Sue. Pastor Jennifer. for her friend Jay and Paul, her friends Jay and Paula. He needs a healing from the Lord. And for Sister Rhonda's cousin Scott.
into the joiner's neighbor, Scott and, and Sandy. Sister Kim. remember the stressful situations at Sister Kim's job. Brother Mike. <laughs> Let's remember Brother Mike's wife. <laughs> Remember Priscilla De La Rosa. Okay, any other requests? And if not, let's go to Sister Rhonda. I'm sorry. Let's remember Sister Rhonda's mother. Okay, let's all go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, yeah. 
on the shore, two feet planted in the sand, soaking up your glory, yeah. Saw you walking from a distance, without a hint of resistance, yeah. Had your arms open and a warmth in your eyes. You took my hand and you whispered. that you're here glad that you're watching again there's a ton of announcements y'all saw them scrolling a bunch of things going on okay there's <laughs> a lot of things but that's good i'd rather us be able to have lots of great things going than not doing anything so and of course this is this is busy time busy <laughs> busy season for everybody but we again we want you to to make church a priority Yes, it needs to be. So, indeed, indeed. So, we began last week by pondering the question, what do you think about God? And we learned, we discussed that God is invested in my life for the long haul. That he, did not, he did not save me to leave me where I am. He didn't bring me this far to give up on me now. And my issues are not bothering him to the point that he's going to leave me alone 
he, he won't do it. He just will not. He said in his word that he will never leave me, never forsake me. So I have to believe that he's in this with me. That my, uh, the second thing that we learned, my ability to see the plan does not negate the plan. Just because I'm in the middle of it and I'm wondering, Lord, why? Why, why do we head down this road? That doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan. He sees the whole picture. He sees it. He knows my, my ending from my beginning, and he knows the, the plan and the path that he's taken me on. So I'm trusting him for that. And that he sees, excuse me, he changes the way that I see myself and others. Remember that when he was speaking to Abraham, he, he gave Abraham a new name for him. He said, call me El Shaddai from now on that I am God the mountain one. I'm the God who has my hand on everything. And he said, and, and now you're going to change the way that you speak about yourself. No longer will you be Abram, just the father, the high father, but now you're going to be Abraham, the father of nations. And he said, and now change the way that you look at your wife. So I'm changing the way you see other people. You don't call her Sarah anymore. You, you call her Sarah because she is going to give birth to this promise that I've given to you. So... God changes these things. So remember that I, I want each of us, we talked about this last week, I want each of us to in, embrace our responsibility as theologians, people who think about God. Just really simple. A theologian is just a person who thinks about God. So a few, a few points about this as we expound on becoming theologians. Your theology has to agree with God's word. Okay, number one, your theology has to agree with God's word. God will not put forth a principle in scripture and then tell you the opposite. It's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, Brother Joyner speaks about a, a lady he knew that <laughs> he went to visit her, hadn't been there in a while, went to visit her, and she said, well, God told me to stop going to church. That's, he's not going to do that. He's just not going to, Okay. That was bad theology. She was thinking incorrectly. She did, she did not put that thought through the filter of God's word. So when a, when a revelation comes to you, you need to put that thought through the filter of God's word because God will always confirm what he is speaking to us through his word. If you believe a certain way, search out the scriptures to confirm the accuracy of your belief. We start to think, oh, well, maybe this is, oh, this is the way it is. But it's got to be according to God's word. What does his word say about it? What has he told us? The Holy Spirit and fellow believers also assist in this process. So one of the greatest roles, one of my, one of the, the, my favorite things about the Holy Spirit, because I love to study, one of my favorite things about him is that he opens up the scripture to us. He talks about this in 2 Corinthians. That's not where we are today. But he talks about this in 2 Corinthians that, that the Holy Spirit knows the heart of God. And that because the Holy Spirit resides within us, he can expound to us the deep things of God, the unknown things of God that no one else can understand But if they don't have the Holy Spirit. That is one of my just my favorite things about who the Holy Spirit is. Also, our, our fellow believers are valuable for this purpose. The scripture is of no private interpretation. So I can look at it and say, oh, well, this means this for me, and it must mean that for you. No, no, that's not how that works. 
So if you're if you are ruminating over a difficult passage, to talk to somebody that you trust is a, a great way to say, can you help me work this out with me? What do you think about this? What is God's word saying to you? So today we ask ourselves the question, what do I think about God's love? Is it easier to believe that Jesus loves but God judges? Do I consistently receive and experience the love of God? In our in our Bible study on Wednesday nights, we've been we've been reading a book for a while. And y'all know those who are in my class know I enjoy <coughs> beating dead horses, but but I feel like this is something that to understand the the depth of God's love for us is something that we have to continually remind ourselves because it is so easy to slip back into legalism and trying to prove ourselves to God in order to get him to love us. So today, we're going to be taking a look at Romans chapter 5. So the theology to the Romans. This book was written while Paul was on his third missionary journey. Probably he was staying in Corinth at the time. And the message of this entire book of Romans is deeply theological. We get a lot of our information about salvation and sanctification through this book. The, the way that God changes a person's life. We see this so very much in the book of Romans. This is the only epistle that we know of that was delivered by a female. Yes, it's true. If you, we're not going to turn there, but if you're taking notes and you want to look at it later, in chapter 16, Paul says, the very first verse, he says, Now I commend to you, Phoebe, our sister. And when Paul did that, or when any of the writers did that, it was because he was sending that person with the letter to that church. And that person was expected to read the whole book to the congregation and then if the congregation had questions about it that person had to explain to them what the what the original writer was intending so the idea here is that Paul had she was either in the presence of Paul as he was writing the book of Romans or that Paul had read it to her and explained and you know she Maybe, maybe have asked questions. Okay, well, what do you mean by this, Paul? So that she could better explain it. So he sends her with this letter. And I would like to, now, if you are, and this is just very much about study right now, but if, if you are really interested in study, and see, I told you, this was a gift last Christmas, and I've used a whole bunch of it. It's uh, Kenneth Wiest the New Testament and expanded translation. So what Kenneth, and it's just the, it's just the New Testament, which just stinks because I'd like the, the uh, Old Testament too, but what Kenneth Weiss did is he took the exact Greek words and translated them like word for word so he does not cut out any words at all. So it's exactly the way that they would have heard it. You know, he, if the Greek word requires 10 English words. He puts all 10 English words in there. So it's really, really interesting. So at, before we begin with the whole message, I would like to read it to you from here because 
this is the way that those in the Roman church would have heard it. So just think to yourself, we're in the Roman church, and this is the first time you've ever heard this, okay? In this scenario, I am Phoebe to y'all, so listen. <clears throat> having therefore been justified by faith, peace we are having with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also our entry we have as a permanent possession into his unmerited favor, in which we have been placed permanently, and rejoice upon the basis of hope in the glory of God. And not only this, but we are also exulting in our tribulations, knowing that this tribulation produces endurance, and this endurance approvedness, and this approvedness hope. And this hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts and still floods them through the agency of the Holy Spirit who is given to us. For when we were yet without strength, in a strategic season, Christ, instead of and in behalf of those who did not have reverence for God and are devoid of piety, died. For very rarely, in behalf of one of those individuals who is legally exact and precise in his observance of the customs and rules of the society in which he lives, will anyone die. Yet perhaps, in behalf of one who is generous in heart, always doing good to others, a person would even dare to die. But God is constantly proving his love to us. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ in behalf of us died. Just imagine hearing that for the first time. And it would have been, it would have been basically that way. So as we consider this, take a look, and we'll read it in the... KJV, <laughs> verses 1 through 5. To begin, it said, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experienced hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Christ was delivered over to death for our sins. Therefore, because of the sacrifice of Christ, our faith in his work has justified us. We are rendered innocent. When we stand before God, when we have accepted Christ into our hearts, and we stand before God, we are declared innocent. Like, yes, you committed these sins, but you are innocent. You do not have to pay the price for this sin any longer because of what Jesus did. Therefore, we experience a peace that can pass understanding, the assurance of our salvation. And here he's not saying peace that everything's going right and peace that, that I can just chill out and, and everything's smooth sailing. This is peace between me and God. That I can know that when I stand before God, 
He's not holding anything against me because of what Jesus did. I can come to him with nothing between us and say, God, I am your child and you are my father and whatever I need from you, I know I can receive because I have peace with you. He says that we have access to grace through Jesus. Now he says here, we have access to faith in this faith wherein we stand. Now this was interesting. So this, this grace wherein we stand can be understood as a field. This is what Paul is meaning here. He said, because you have accepted Christ, you have been placed into the middle of a field of grace. The grace wherein we stand, that he has put you into a mid, in the middle of a field that as far as your eye can see one way and as far as your eye can see the other way and as far as the east is from the west. There is nothing growing in this field. There is nothing that has been planted in this field except for grace. That is where you are. And when he says, in the, as the Greek translation says, that you are permanently in Christ. Now, we're not Calvinists, but we <laughs> love y'all who are Calvinists. When we, th when we think of this permanent grace, that we are in. Yes, we can we can keep walking until we get to the end of the field eventually. We can keep going and step out of the field of grace. But if we stay in the field of grace, if we stay in the center of where God has put us, then as far as the eye can see, we stay in the grace of God. I am so loved. I am, I am so full of the Holy Spirit but by the grace of God that I am able to stay in God's grace. Remember, we talked about a few months ago uh, gr when we had our series Grace Period that when we are in Christ, that the grace He gives us is grace to stop sinning. So it's not just grace for when I sin. Okay, let's cover that up. Let's cover that up. No, this kind of grace that he's talking about here that puts us in the middle of a field of grace says, you don't have to sin anymore because you're now in a place that you're covered. This is the love of God toward us. He says that we can make our boast and we rejoice in hope. It was interesting that and Sister Dean was talking about that this morning, that that hope. I was listening to Dr. Darius before church this morning, and he, he was talking about, so often we, we kind of don't preach about hope. We don't talk about hope. We, we kind of leave that one to the side. We talk about faith and love, but we, we don't get into hope very much. But this hope that we can have, through Christ. This is not a uh, fingers crossed kind of maybe it'll happen sort of hope. This means in the Greek anticipation, expectation, and confidence. That is the kind of hope that I can boast in. That God will receive the glory for what he is doing in my life. That's the confidence that I can have. <laughs> that my hope is God that what I'm going through right now brings you glory. 
What I hope right now, God, is that what you're taking me through is to lift you up in some way. That what you are walking with me through is to show to someone else you can have confidence because God's with you. That's the hope that we have. He said, we have hope, but also we boast. We can boast in our hope and our confidence of Christ, but also we make our boast in tribulations. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I knew Shane was not going to be here this morning, so Friday night I, I was telling him about the message, a little bit about the message. And, and he was just really down, <laughs> really feeling discouraged. And I said, well, babe, I'll tell you a little bit of my message on Sunday. This is that that we can make our boast in tribulations. And he was like, okay, thanks. The, the same word here that was used for rejoice in verse 2, it says that wherein we stand, we rejoice in the hope of glory. This word in verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. That It's the exact same word, and it means to rejoice or to boast in. So he, there are two different English words, but this word means to make your boast in. So we make our boast in tribulation. <laughs> we glory in tribulations. And I said to him, Tribulations are opportunities for your growth. Because what Paul says to us here, what the Lord is saying through Paul, he said, tribulation or pressure grows my patience, which in the Greek is endurance or constancy. And then endurance grows my trustworthiness. And then my trustworthiness grows my confidence. I said, so right now, babe, God is just wanting to make you confident. He w- he didn't accept that right away, but, you know, some, the, the word of the Lord doesn't return void. So I <laughs> hope that seed was planted. But the thing is, it grows within me. Each of these things leads to the other. For those who lack confidence, you need to endure some stuff. No one wants to hear that. (laughs) We need to stop asking for God to get us out of something and begin trusting him through it. That's not easy. (laughs) Our confidence comes through endurance. I have seen, I've seen kids over and over, and I probably have this written somewhere else, but I've seen kids in second grade. And you can tell, you can tell how their parents treat them at home. Because there are some kids who will try anything. They'll, they'll, you know, here, work on this. 
and some of them will just go ahead and do it without any instruction bless their hearts but they'll just go for it and okay no you gotta no erase all that and wait for instructions but you've got some that you'll hand them something and they'll look at it for a minute or two and then they'll raise their hand I can't do this can you help me no you didn't even try you you looked at it for about three minutes and you decided that you didn't want to extend that brain power and and you just gave up and those kids don't have confidence they don't believe that they can because they've never had to They've never had tribulation because mom or dad is, oh, no, 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 my baby, just love, we're going to take care of this for you. Those helicopter parents. Or those lawnmower parents that mow down the issue before the kid has a chance to even attempt to try. And God is not like that. We want him to be like that sometimes. We're in the middle of a situation. God, can you just mow this down for me? Thank you. Let me just walk in a, in a clear, easy path, Lord. But there is no confidence without a trial first. We have to go through some of these things in order to receive the hope, that confidence that God has. And then he says, our confidence is not in vain. See, if I only had to hope in myself, if I only had my own confidence, that might cause some concern. But my confidence is from the love of God being shed abroad in my heart. He said, you know how you can have confidence? You know how you can know that you're going to make it? It's because the Holy Spirit is in you pouring out love into your heart. This word here, to shed abroad, means to pour forth, to distribute largely, to run out greedily. And it's the same word used by the, the synoptic gospel writers, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, to describe the way that the wine was poured out. When Jesus says, take this cup, which was, is my blood that was poured out for you. So that same amount of blood that was poured out from the body of Jesus that covered our sins. That is the same amount of love that is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It will never run dry. He lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives within our hearts, so He is constantly shedding the love of God into our hearts. Notice the progression from faith he says in the beginning, therefore being justified by faith, from faith to hope, so we have this hope, this confidence, then to love. The love is shed abroad in our hearts. We see this here. And then we see in verses 6 through 8, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
when we were without strength. Here this means feeble, impotent, sick. Nothing worthwhile to offer. At just the right time. The time that God had set. See, this is one of the things that I don't <clears throat> like as much about God. Is that um, He gets to mess with the times. He gets to determine when the right time is. I don't, I don't like that very much. I think, Lord, if you would just let me decide when I want this to happen, that'd be great. Thank you. But he says, at just the right time. So think about that for a second. The Jews had been crying out for centuries for the Messiah. All throughout the Old Testament, there had been prophecies about the Messiah, who he would be, how he would come, how he would show up, and that he was going to be the one who delivered Israel. In their hearts, in their minds, they're thinking, okay, he is going to overthrow the government, and then we're going to be a great nation again. We're not going to have to worry about all these people over us anymore. At this time, when Jesus came, it was, it was the Roman government over them. And they thought, okay, well, Whoever Messiah is, he is going to be the ruler. He's going to be our new king. And they didn't understand. But it was at this point in history, when Jesus came, that the world was prepared. Spiritually, because people were crying out. Economically, linguistically, meaning that the languages were such that there were so many widespread languages that those who received the gospel from Jesus were able to go out into all parts of the world and share in the language that other people would know. Geographically, things were opened up. Passages from, from the Middle East to Asia to Europe were so much easier than they ever had been. So the gospel was able to be spread. If Jesus had come at another time in history, then it may have just, the, the message of Jesus may have just stayed in that little area, Jerusalem and Judea. But the time was right when God picked it. So people were able to go to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. And oftentimes we think, God, I, this is not the right time for this. I don't have time for this to be happening to me right now. Or, Lord, I'm in the middle of something, and I need you to hurry up and take care of this situation. But God knows. Just the right time. Paul contrasts our willingness to sacrifice with Christ's willingness to sacrifice. He says, hardly anyone would be willing to die for a person who was merely a keeper of the law. The idea put forth here is a person who is strict to follow the letter of the law, much like a Pharisee, all head and no heart. Like, yeah, there are very few people who'd be willing to die for a Pharisee. <laughs> Those people who are know-it-alls. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Those people who are know-it-alls and, and try to correct you all the time. 
He's saying not many people would be willing to die for that type of person. Even if they were good, even if they obeyed the law very strictly, no one wants to die for them. And he says perhaps, maybe, someone would die for a good man. Someone who's benevolent and kind and generous. Perhaps this was a, a follower of the law, but more importantly, was a person of great love. Maybe someone would be willing to die for a person who was really extra good. Like, oh yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good person. Maybe. But we were neither. We were not keepers of the law. We were not good or kind. And this is the way that God continuously proves his love to us. Take a look at verse 8. And this, these two phrases, or these two words, are just like some of the best in the Bible. But God. We were, we were sinners. We hurt God. We did wrong. Everything that we did was wrong. We had no good within us but God. While we were still sinners, unholy, devoted to sin, particularly the people stained by definite vices or crimes, according to the Greek here. Christ died. This is not some quick execution or a spur of the moment rescue. Because we may think, okay, if I, if I had to jump in front of a, a train to rescue a baby, I, w I would die. That's a spur of the moment decision that you make. A few times some crazy nuts running down the the sidewalk to get to their parents' car. I've had to jump in front of a car before I grab a child. Or they, their ball runs out into the middle of the road and I had to jump in front and get back on the sidewalk. So those spur-of-the-moment times, you think, okay, maybe. But Jesus lived his earthly existence knowing that he would have to suffer and die for us. He lived his whole life knowing. So this was not something that was, all of a sudden, he and God came up with this plan. He knew. He knew that he was going to have to die for us. So how does this affect our theology? Well, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, but how do you prove it? When someone asks you about your faith, or when the enemy is trying to convince you that you're unloved and unlovable, what do you say? What ways do we see the love of God in this passage? Well, the first thing that we see, the love of God, is that he allows tribulations. He loves us, so he allows tribulations. How is that loving? How can we interpret God's love from this? Because tribulation builds endurance. 
which makes us trustworthy and gives us confidence. I did. I did have this somewhere else. Children who are never allowed to become frustrated or figure things out on their own tend to lack confidence as they get older because they've never had to figure it out. So once they get to a place that it's bigger decisions, they're frozen. I don't really know what to do because I've never had to make a choice on my own. So God loves us so much that he allows us to go through some things so that we'll know how. We're we're built up with our confidence. We're built up in our decision-making. A kid who's never accomplished anything without the assistance of an adult, they feel ill-prepared for challenges. But God allows trials to push us to a place of endurance, to build our confidence, not in our own ability, because it's not about what I can do, but in knowing that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That I know I don't have to be afraid. That I'm in the middle of a circumstance, a situation that I cannot figure out, but I have someone with me. That I have the steps, the tools, I can look into his word, I can pray. That I don't have to be frozen. He proves his love to me by allowing me to go through stuff. The second thing we see... A proof of God's love is that the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts. The Holy Spirit was given to us to help with all areas of our life. He is our guide. He's our conscience. He's our advocate. He was the one who proved that Christ made it to heaven. Jesus said, when I, when I make it to heaven, I'm going to send you a comforter. So the fact that we have this comforter of Christ... Of, of the Holy Spirit means that Christ made it back that's our confidence again he prays for us he expounds the scriptures for us but one special gift that he provides is to pour out in abundant measure the love of God into our hearts he pours out this love to show that our confidence is not in vain That I don't have to wonder if God loves me. The Holy Spirit reminds me. I don't have to wonder if I am worthy of the blessings that God is giving because the Holy Spirit reminds me. The Holy Spirit is within me. And if I listen to His voice and allow His voice to be louder than the negativity of the world, the enemy coming in, saying you're never going to make it, you're never going to amount to anything, you can't, you won't, you're no good, whatever it is that the enemy is saying to you, the Holy Spirit can speak louder if you'll allow him to. He can pour out that love of God into your hearts if you'll allow him to. His love creates a sense of security. I do not have to question or wonder if he'll answer my prayers. If he'll keep his promises. Or he'll supply my needs. Because the Holy Spirit gives God's love as assurance. 
it's it's not a question of if but when when the holy spirit lives in my heart i don't have to say lord if you'll do this for me it's a matter of lord whenever i know that you're going to because you love me i know that you're going to get me through this because you love me not if i survive this not if i make it not if i can go on it is while i'm waiting remind me of your love the third thing that we see through here a proof of god's love is to look to the cross if you're ever in doubt of the level of love the level of agape the choice that god makes to work for my favor if you're ever in doubt of that just look to the cross imagine what he must have felt i don't know when it was that he first born awareness of his purpose i mean he grew up as a baby you know he he was born little baby they don't have a whole lot of awareness just hey i need some food or i'm aggravated and then they get to a point that they have memories they have their they're able to have their own mind and and thoughts formulating so we don't know exactly when it was that that jesus began to have an awareness of who he was but i believe that from the, we know at least at 12 years old he had an awareness of who he was so for at least from 12 to 33 every person he saw every person he came in contact with everyone he healed everyone he preached to or ministered to his family the disciples that he called every single person he saw in the back of his mind he could think i'm gonna die for you one day every person that he encountered he would look at them and think i'm gonna suffer for your benefit one day and not in a way of regret and not in a way of oh goodness why do i have to do this but in a hope and an expectation that one day one day i'm gonna die for you and because he was fully god he could with prophetic vision see thousands of years into the future the people who were not yet born the generations that would come after him and he would look at us and he would say i'm gonna die for you one day i'm gonna suffer i'm gonna bear stripes so that you can receive healing i'm gonna be wounded so that your transgressions will be covered so that you can stand in a field of grace and not have to worry if you're going to run out of it one day. I'm going to do this for you. And we didn't deserve it, and we never will. There's nothing good that we can ever do that would be enough to pay for what Christ did. But the great thing is, we don't have to. All we have to do is accept and believe in our hearts 
to follow his command, to do what he wants us to do, live out our purpose. That's what we that's what we can do. If you begin to think this, if you begin to think that Jesus was the only one to sacrifice. You think, well, G- and this is a thing that we talk about in our class sometimes. We see the love of Jesus in us so, so much nowadays. It's like, well, Jesus is love, and that's all he's about. He's love, love, love. Well, if you look in the Old Testament, God was very ready and anxious to forgive people. Like, he was super-duper uh, merciful to people who didn't deserve it. And the Old Testament gives us uh, a few thousand years of context. And the New Testament gives us about a uh, hundred years of context. So when they're weighed against each other, the amount of love that Jesus has is equal to the amount of love that God has. We just we see the wrath of God more because there's more time. But if you think for, for any moment at all that, well, Jesus sacrificed and we thank you, Jesus, and he loves us so much, consider the Father. That he restrained all the power of the universe to watch his son die. To look and know he's doing this because we agreed to this. But I don't want him to because I don't want him to hurt. But I also do want him to because I love these people so much. That he could have, just like Jesus said, I could call for legions of angels to come down and and rescue me from this. I, I don't have to do this. I'm doing this because I'm willing to. And God could have, in a moment, rescued Jesus, but he didn't because he loved us. This fact is continuous proof of the depth of God's love. We can be confident. We can have hope in this kind of love. So today, understand, if you're watching, you're here today, if you need a reminder of this next week, you come back and watch this. You are deeply and irreversibly loved. Deeply and irreversibly loved. There is nothing that you can do to make God not love you. God loves every single person on this earth, even the very worst sinner. He loves them. He wants them to come to him for salvation. There is no one that he will cast out if they'll just come to him. So there's nothing that you have done that is bad enough to say, oh, well, God gave up on you. Nothing at all. You are deeply and irreversibly loved by your Heavenly Father. And He made a way to redeem you before you were ever worthy of redemption. He is for you. And how can you know this is true? We can know because God allows tribulation, because the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts, and we can just look to the cross to see that this is true. today as we as we get to the end we need this reminder we need to constantly allow the Holy Spirit to remind us that God loves us the enemy wants to deceive you 
the enemy wants to tell you one thing and it's not true anything he says is not true so if he's telling you stuff you can just automatically know well that's not the truth so if he's telling you you're not going to make it if he's telling you it's always going to be this way if he's telling you that you are going to die in this situation if he's telling you that God has given up on you and has turned his back on you if he's saying that, that God doesn't love you that's a lie and we need the truth of God's word today as the music plays and we go to the Lord in prayer however you need to receive from the Lord today you do that if you need to come to the altar if you need to stand or sit whatever it is however you can receive please do that but receive the love of Christ today receive the love of, of God in your hearts today Heavenly Father Heavenly Father I speak over your people right now a depth of love that they have not yet experienced. Heavenly Father, for those who have never known the depth of love that you can provide, I just ask for a flood right now in their hearts. Holy Spirit, pour out in increasing measure. Pour out greedily the love of Christ in our hearts. Father, I just pray that, that people would begin to feel it right now, that it pouring out love that washes over them, that washes away any doubt and brings about a result of hope. Father, there are those who have come in today, there are those who may be watching who are going through tribulations, things they never thought they'd have to deal with, things that are making them struggle in their faith. Struggle to wonder if you love them. But God, I ask right now, I speak over them in Jesus' name to understand that God is making you be a strong and powerful, mighty person through these tribulations that you are being given patience or endurance. That this endurance is going to make you trustworthy. And that that trustworthiness is going to bring about a confidence that you haven't had before. Heavenly Father, I pray for that hope to settle down in our hearts. That even though we're going through tribulations, even though you're going through hard stuff, that we can understand, I have confidence. I have confidence in who God is making me right now. I have confidence in what he is creating within me. I have confidence. I trust him. I believe that he's doing great things. Heavenly Father, I just pray that each and every one of us would, would look to the cross to see the depth of love that you have, to never doubt it, to know that you are, you are for us and not against us. that we have a, a plan and a purpose that you've laid out since before we were born. Heavenly Father, your will be done in each and every life. God, strength, encouragement, blessing. God, make us righteous. Make us 
holy. Make us trustworthy. God, it's one thing for us to be able to trust you. Of course we can, but God, we want you to be able to trust us. God, we want you to be able to trust us. So put us through it, God. Put us through it. As long as we know that you're with us, we'll go through it. As long as we know that you're walking with us. God, we thank you. We praise you. We stand in that field of grace today, and we just rejoice in what you've done for us, knowing that there is grace to cover, knowing that there is grace to redeem, that there is grace to keep us, to rescue us. And help us to see and understand that our good works, that our legalism can't make you love us anymore. It won't happen. But God, you love us just because you do. Pray for each person to accept and receive that love. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you glory and praise because you are great, mighty, and strong. And that you condescend to men of low estate. That you see us. You see us and you love us too. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Thank you and I praise you. Thank you and I praise you. I we just lift you up and we bless you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Heavenly Father, we praise you. Before we have our our ending blessing, Brother John has asked. He's finally getting to go on a trip that he has been planning for a while. He's going to Israel and he's really excited but also he needs prayer. So we're going to pray for Brother Don that he would be blessed and he'd be a blessing. That everybody he comes in contact with will be blessed. Amen. So if you will, just reach your hand toward Brother Don right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And we thank you for the opportunity that Don has had to, to go to Israel. We thank you and we praise you that you are working in his life, God, that you are guiding his steps. We trust that that is the case. God, I pray for Don, for the entire team that's going that you would protect them, that you would just place your hand on them, that nothing would come against them, that anything that is starting to come against them, in Jesus' name, that it would be shut down. God, anything in their personal lives, anything in their spiritual lives, that anything physically that would try to come against them, that in Jesus' name it be shut down. God, I pray for an anointing like he has never experienced before. God, I pray that as he... Every single person that he speaks to would feel the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit with him. God, I just ask your will be done in him and every person that's going. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given to him. We praise you. We thank you. We trust that your mighty hand would be on him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we say, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and may he give you his peace.
In Jesus' name, amen.